Good morning. All right. Well, um, if you have come to university for a, a bit of a time, I hope that you've noticed a few things. Um, one, I hope with, in regards to that we genuinely seek to worship the Father in spirit and truth, John 4, 24. Right. I hope also that you have noticed um, that when we preach and teach the word, uh, my greatest prayer is not that you hear the words of Travis, but that you hear the words of the Holy Spirit spoken, that it would make much of Jesus as a result of that. Amen. Amen? Um, and then I hope in, in the details that you've noticed that we, we tend to study Old and New Testament and kind of bounce back and forth between the two, right? Um, so remember we went through the, through the study of Elisha? right? Before that, we went through the gospel of Mark, right? And so we try, to, we try to balance that and try to teach the whole counsel of God. Uh, believe me, there's some times and some Sundays I'd like to say, hey, Holy Spirit, could we take a pass on this one this week, right? That would, that would be great, but we just can't, right? Because we have to teach the whole word of God, amen? Okay. The good, the bad, and the ugly, Right? Okay, uh, and, and you say, Pastor, what a setup. What are you setting us up for today? What kind of message is this going to be? Uh, I, I, just, uh, I, I just want you to see the beauty of God's Word, and I want you to see um, that uh, your staff, your leadership seeks to honor the Lord um, and uh, present the Word of God holistically, Okay. So that's, that's what I'm kind of trying to say here this morning. Um, we are going to be in a new series. Uh, we are going to be, we looked at the last part of, of, of Jesus' words, right? And that led us up to the cross and the Holy Week and Resurrection Sunday. And now we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. Now, this is something that almost everybody is familiar with. And so this is going to be a challenge because some of you have been quoting the Lord's Prayer since you were in Pee Wee Little League. Okay, like since you were, at, you know, four years old in the T-ball and you said it either before the game or after the game or you were sock, whatever, right? And, and, and so just right off the bat, let's know that the challenge is going to be that this becomes rote for many of us. And so would you join me right now in just praying that the Holy Spirit would just teach us with a freshness today as Jesus taught us to pray, Okay. So let's join in that prayer. Father God, we come to you today. And God, we pray that you would teach us from your words. Lord, we, we, we don't want these just to be, to be words, Lord, that we just say by repetition and by rote. God, we, we know that they have power and that there is meaning there and that you taught it from your heart. You taught us as a result of your disciples coming and saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And you taught us. So God, I pray our posture today would be one uh, where we are learners today, where we are, we are sitting at your feet and we are learning from you today. God, oh, Holy Spirit, would you enlighten our minds, Lord, today, because we cannot understand apart from you. So we pray that in this, in this holy moment, Lord, as we listen to you today, to your words, God, would you teach us, would our posture be one of humility as we seek to learn from you today? And we join together and we say, Lord, teach us to pray in Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, let's, uh, let's stand together in the honor of reading of God's Word today. We're going to be in Matthew 6. You probably don't even need to, uh, <laughs> you probably have it memorized, um, but we're going to say it together, and I'm going to read it from the ESV version. You may have learned it from uh, the old King James version. I'm not quite sure, but we're going, to, we're going to recite it today, and we're going to read the Scripture today, um, and it is also a prayer. So Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13, let's read it together. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for these words. Thank you for this prayer. Speak to our hearts today. Bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, some of you may have said, you're about ready to go on. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen? Right? Okay. Have you ever heard the song, the Lord's Prayer? Oh. So just, just know this, that as we're praying it and reading the scripture, I am hearing the melody in my head, and it is everything that I can do to resist from breaking it. Our Father, which art in... Anyway, so, okay. It may happen, Sam, I don't know. Anyway. I know, I know, Matt Marr. Oh, I was listening to that one as I studied this week, too. I'll try not to get too excited today. All right. Um, I have to confess that, that, that this prayer didn't have the weight until just a couple of years ago. Previous to a couple years ago of really just the Lord impressing upon me what the Lord Jesus is teaching here and how we pray in the theology, and like what we believe and, and who, about who God is and our purpose on earth and why we're here and, and our total dependency upon the Father. Like previous to that, it was just like you said, you know, we gather in T-ball and baseball and our Father who art in heaven, right? And it just becomes this either preamble or this postscript to whatever event is going on. I confess for 35 years of my life, that's what this was, right? Oh, that's, that's a pretty prayer. And and I also confess it was a song. Not going to do it, okay? It was a song. So, um, but it really, the full realization that Jesus is responding to his disciples, saying, teach us how to pray, Lord. We, we want to know genuinely how to pray. And that's what this is in response to. So we're going to break this down across the next five weeks. We're going to take you say, well, my goodness, there's only like three verses. How are we going to do that? So much here. So much here. So we're only going to get two lines today. Our Father, who, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. So the first thing that you can write down that I want you to know is his position is Father. His position is Father. Our Father in heaven. He is our Father. In two words, we learn his position, his name, our position, and our name. You say, well, I don't see that there. Well, if he's Father, that means we're children of God. 
right? By him being our father, just as John 1.12 says, to all who have believed Jesus and received his name, he's given the right to become children of God. So over and over, especially in the gospel of John, Jesus refers to his father, our father, over and over. He is our father. In fact, just before this, many times in the the book of Matthew uh, alone, in this little section, he refers to our father and your father. So if he is father, then we are his children, and Jesus is talking to his friends here. He's talking to his disciples. He's preaching to crowds at the Sermon on the Mount. Um, Luke records it in kind of this more intimate setting. Matthew couches it in this Sermon on the Mount, you know, where it starts with the Beatitudes and it ends with, you know, the one who listens to these words is like the one who builds his house up on the rock, right? That's where this teaching is couched in, in the Gospel of Matthew. But Luke makes it sound like the disciples pulled him aside and said, Lord, we hear others uh, praying. We want you to teach us how to pray. Okay, so whichever the context is there, he probably taught this more than once to not only his disciples, but to the crowds as well. And so our father, his position is father. Now, here's the problem with this. Let's be honest. When we hear the word father, we automatically filter it through our earthly father. Why? because that's all that we have to base it off of. I mean, we, we are here in person, and we have fathers. And I want to say this now. You may have had a good father. You may have had a bad father. You may have had an indifferent father. You may have had a disengaged father. You may have had an atheist father. Or you may have had a father who loves the Lord. But let's realize this. We are not to judge our heavenly father based on our earthly father. We are to look to our heavenly Father, and he is the standard for which our earthly Father should be judged against. Okay? So let's not reverse it, because I hear so many people say, and people who, who, who disregard Christianity or write it off and say, well, if that's the kind of father that you serve, you know, well, what are we doing so many times? Well, they, ha- they are filtering it through what they see as earthly fathers, And so it makes God the Father difficult to approach, okay? And so we have to acknowledge that that there is this human aspect, but our earthly fathers, and they may have been wonderful, devout men who loved the Lord, but hear me, that still, that still in no way compares to our heavenly Father who is full of compassion, who is abounding in steadfast, loyal love, who is faithful, who is gracious, who is slow to anger. Amen? As we learned in Exodus 34 in core class session one. So our goal today is to see how many times we can quote core class. That's our goal, all right? I think our running one is like number 12 or 15 now. We may be by 30 at the end of it, so we'll see, all right? So... His position is Father. And and if you ever wonder what your heavenly Father is like, you start at where Yahweh has revealed himself, which is Exodus 34, 5, and 6 that I just said, those aspects, those characteristics of God that we spent seven weeks learning. So we pray to the Father. You say, well, why do we pray to the Father? We pray to the Father because the Son told us we could and should. Our Father. We pray to the Father. 
to the Father in the name of the Son. Make sense? So that's who we pray to. His position and who we pray to is Father. But that's not just my Father. He's what? Our Father. Let me put a little pause here and say, I am further and further coming under the conviction as I examine the Scriptures that we are to be more communal than we are. Communion is to be celebrated communally, together with the family of God, where we look, we look to the history that we have, we look around us, and we look to the future of, of the banquet with the Lamb. Right? Which, by the way, I hope, you say, well, there's just some people I hate, or there's some people I can't stand. Well, what are you going to do in heaven? Are you going to say, I'm not going to sit by them? I mean, what are you, really, honestly, what are you going to tell the Lord? I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, like, be serious, but comical. Like, what do you say? Like, eh, no, please put me on the other side of the table. Like, I can't, I can't sit there, or they're too smelly or stinky, which in heaven you won't have that, right? But, you know, but in all honesty, like, think about that. We are to be communal. And, and so Jesus is saying here, our Father, he doesn't say my Father. Because here's what we know about following the Lord. Here's what we know, and this is what I think that we have kind of missed over decades, is I think, unfortunately, the American individualistic society has crept into what was intended to be the communal living of the early church. Let's remind them ourselves, they met in houses. When they met and they had communion, they met around a large table, right? Paul talks and speaks against the abuses of that in 1 Corinthians, okay? And so we must realize that he is not just my father, he's your father. He's our father who art in heaven. And so there's great significance in that. Our our individualistic culture strikes against the family that God the Father wants and desires and intended for his children. Look, you, you, you want just one example. We talked about it a few weeks ago, right? In my father's house, there are many rooms. Again, the communal aspect that when a Jewish father, when the son would go and marry, well, he would build on another room to the house. And so when you looked at the hillside, the Judean hillside, you would see these terraces and these lofts. Why is that? Because they would just simply add on another room, but it was intended that they would still do life together. Make sense? You say, well, I don't really want to add a room on to, for, for, for mother-in-law, son-in-law, <laughs> daughter-in-law, right? But we, we are to be together in the family of God. More and more I see the familial language that is used in the Gospels, and we cannot get away from that, nor should we. He is God, our Father. Collectively, He is our Father. Look at Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, and I want you to see if you see any parallels here in the Lord's Prayer In Paul's prayer, let's look at it, because this is his prayer for the church, for the body, for the family of God, the church called Ephesus. Look at Ephesians 3, 14. Beautiful prayer. By the way, this is a great prayer to pray for your brother in Christ, a great prayer to pray for your sister in Christ, okay? A great, great prayer to pray for fellow believers. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, 
from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the depth the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now the verses that we're quite familiar with. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we all ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you recognize for this reason? Look at the parallel. I bow my knees before the Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You see the parallel there? There's a reverence and an intimacy with the Father. And the posture is what? I bow my knees before the Father. You want to know why, why, we, why we bow our knees? We bow our knees. If you ever bow your knees in prayer and you don't you know, you don't have to bow your knees to pray, but the reason that I was taught you bow your knees is consistent with Scripture for the simple aspect of it's a posture of humbleness before the king, a posture of humbleness before the Father. And so I want you to see this beautiful parallel for this reason. I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family, there it is, our Father, Every family in heaven on earth is named. So we recognize, when we say our Father, we recognize that we come from him. He created us. You know what that means? That has great implications. That means I have to love the unlovable. Even the ones who annoy me? Yes. Even the ones who, the pet peeves, right, and just press in and just they know it and they just, yes. The ones who won't close the drawers, yes. The ones who let the trash hang out, yes. All of that, I still must love them because they are created in the image of God. God, the Father, right? And so we must realize that. So I want you to see his position is Father, and I want you to see our posture is dependency and open-handedness. And, and then the, in the next few weeks, we're going to see that um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Guess what? That's your purpose. That's God's purpose for us, that his kingdom would come and his will would be done. And then we see that he gives us his provision. We ask for it, and he gives us physical provision and spiritual provision. He gives us daily bread, and he forgives us. Amen. And then we see his protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He protects us, and then his power. He gives us his power to extend his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And so our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, what does that mean? Does anybody walk around and say, hallowed today, right? You are very hallowed, right? You'd probably be scared. Ooh, hallowed, what are you talking about? Well, how's my hair? What? Is it? what? What's going on? Hallowed. Yeah, we don't, we don't. So this, this is kind of a foreign word to us today. But what it simply means is you are unique, set apart, holy. Holy, unique, set apart. You can write this down. The Father is unique. The Father is unique. Again, he's not like our earthly father. 
No, we pray that our earthly fathers would, would want to and desire to manifest our heavenly father here on earth. That would be our goal and desire of every father, right? That, that they would be full of compassion, slow to anger, loyal love, faithfulness, steadfast, right? That they would not be quick-tempered like me sometimes. That they would not be easily irritable like me sometimes, right? Okay, And I know I don't have to bust any bubbles. Y'all know me long enough now. You can just go talk to my children or my wife, and they can tell you, right? Right? But I hope they also can tell you that my heart is for them, and I want to communicate the love of the Father to them. But our Father is unique. Listen, guys, he's uncomparable. He's uncomparable. What is is this Hollywood? It is to be holy. It is to honor him as holy is to treat him as unique in a class by himself. He holds the the category all by himself as totally superior overall. The father is in a class by himself. He is above all. We don't pray to a God. We pray to the God, the Elohim, not a Elohim. We pray to the Elohim, Yahweh Adonai, the father. There's a reason. What was the first commandment given? You shall have, yes, and you shall have no other gods before. I should have given you more context. The, uh, the, uh, the Ten Commandments up on the mountain, Mount Sinai, and Moses gave it. And he, well, the very first one was, you shall have no other gods before me. Why? Because God the Father is supreme. He's unique. None can compare. So don't think about going and worshiping other foreign gods. You can go drink from those empty wells, but those, em- those wells are empty and they will run dry. And then you will realize that I am the true Father. And you will come to me for sustenance and satisfaction because I, the Father, have made you. I, the Father, love you. He is special, unique, and set apart. This is why we have such a hard time describing God. It's really hard, but Jesus over and over uses the most frequent, Father, Father. Jesus shares the uniqueness of the Father earlier in this chapter, in chapter 6, by telling us what he's like. The Father wants genuine authenticity, no fa- uh, uh, he wants genuine authenticity, no fakeness, Matthew 6.1. The Father rewards those who genuinely seek him, Matthew 6.4. Your father sees you, verse 6. Your father knows what you need, verse 8. And then after he gives us an example of this prayer, the father wants you to forgive others, and he will forgive you. In fact, he says some really sobering words. He ties. He ties that. He says, if you want the forgiveness of the father, you better treat fellow fellow. Uh, others who are made in the image of Christ, you better forgive them, uh, image of God, you better forgive them as well. You say, well, where's this at? Well, look at verse 14. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. Sobering words, yes? But very clear words that we are to reflect the character and the heart of our Heavenly Father, and Jesus is very clear about that. 
If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. The Father wants you to forgive others, and he will forgive you. What we're in danger of, what we're in danger of is practicing book theology versus street theology. Where am I going with that? It's one thing to say it and pray it and believe it with our words and even our expressions on a Sunday morning. It is another thing to act it out and to forgive as our Heavenly Father has forgiven us. Even when we get offended, even when we're misunderstood, our response, Jesus is saying here, needs to be just like the Father. He has forgiven you, so what right do you have to hold, harbor, bitterness, or a grudge against a fellow one who is made in the image of God? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He is unique. He is set apart. He is holy. And so our prayer would be this. Our prayer would be that we know who we pray to, the Father, that we pray to the Father coming in the Son's name, right? Because elsewhere he says, you ask in my name, right? So we, we are able to have a seat at the table. We're able to come and, and have a seat at the table because of the Son. And so I want you to realize, and this is just kind of the, the intro today, the beginning today of this beautiful, beautiful prayer and so um, we're going to close today by reciting and saying this prayer again together. And we will probably say this each week just as a reminder in a teaching moment for each of us. So I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come on up. And um, then we're going, to, we're going to recite this. And uh, Noah's going to get ready for baptism they're going to they're gonna go climb the stairs, and we're going to get to celebrate new life in Christ. Um, and I'm just, man, I, I'm excited about what we're about to celebrate. This is going to be so great and so good. Um, and so Noah's going to share a little bit more about that just in a few moments as they get, as they get ready. But um, let's stand together, and, and the, the team is, is going to get ready. But we're going to stand together, and we're going to say this. Um, this prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yes, amen.